Today, as we continue to study the Ten Commandments, we read together the Tenth Commandment and explanation. You shall have covet your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his cattle, nor anything that is his. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not tempt, coax, or force away from our neighbor, his wife, or his workers, but urge them to stay and do their duty. Dear friends in Christ, he was born the son of a carpenter. He was raised as a carpenter's son. Jesus likely spent his early years as a carpenter's apprentice working in an ordinary carpenter shop. In one of our hymns, we sing, his strong hands were skilled with the plane and the lathe. And Jesus was tempted in every way as we are. Today, we're talking about the Tenth Commandment. And just as we are tempted to sin, our Savior Jesus was also tempted in the very same ways. Now, the Tenth Commandment is different than those that go before. It's much more than just, well, the earlier commandments are talking about external sins, and here we're talking about the in internal thoughts of the heart. No, there's a progression that takes place within the commandments. In the seventh commandment, we learn that we are not to take our neighbor's money or goods. In the ninth commandment, we were taught that we are not to seek our neighbor's property or the place where they live. And now in the Tenth Commandment, we are instructed about all of the vocations that serve our neighbor. Because if a person is deprived of such help, he won't be able to live. Let me explain. Eldon Musk is reported to be the richest man in the world. His net worth is estimated at $184 billion. Last year, it was reported that he made $16 million an hour. But what good is a SpaceX company if there's no one to work there. What good is his Tesla and his clothes and his house and his furniture and all kinds of fine things if there is no one to work and sew and dust and cook and care for all of it? If you've studied literature, you know that even Robinson Crusoe, when he was all alone on a desert island, had birds and animals for his companions and his servants. And so it is that Martin Luther explains we should fear and love God 
so that we do not tempt, force, or coax away from our neighbor, his wife, or workers, but urge them to stay and do their duty. Here we think about vocations, the vocations of workers. And we remember that just as a wife is a suitable helper for her husband, so a husband is also a helper for his wife. Now, this commandment does not mean that we are not to be ambitious. If that were the case, it could be wrong for you to be here at Bethany Lutheran College. No, God wants you to use the talents and the abilities that he's given you. So when do we cross the line between what God allows and what he does not allow? In other words, when does a desire become sinful? It may be easiest to answer that question in this way. It's when it conflicts with the welfare of your neighbor. Or when, it's when you try to get ahead at the expense of others. Our sinful desires, our covetousness, in other words, leads to jealousy and envy and a poor use of what we've been given. We are tempted to disregard others and to throw them under the bus if it's going to get us what we want and what we think that we deserve. Now, maybe your life isn't so extreme, but in your life, and in mine, we're constantly tempted to cross the line between legitimate desires and those that conflict with God's will. And because of that, we are the ones who deserve to be thrown under the bus. We're the ones that deserve to be disregarded by God and forgotten eternally. Jesus knew that temptation also. And so now consider Martin Luther's continued words of the explanation of the Tenth Commandment and urge them to stay and do their duty. Jesus was tempted in every way as we are. But we can be so glad that Jesus stayed and did his duty. Jesus was tempted to covet. Maybe it was in the carpenter's shop in Nazareth. Maybe it's when he was tempted by Satan while he was standing on a mountainside and overlooking the Jordan River Valley. And certainly he was tempted as he hung upon the cross on a good Friday afternoon. Certainly he was there tempted to covet another man's position. St. Mark tells us that those who passed by hurled, hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, come down from the cross and save yourself. 
In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down from the cross now that we may see and believe. Come down from the cross and receive the honor that belongs to somebody else. If you do this, Jesus, you'll be more popular than King Herod. You'll be greater than Emperor Caesar. Then the people will crown you and they'll fall at your feet. No more pain. No reason to suffer. And certainly you won't need to die. Just come down from the cross. Abandon this foolish thing. But Jesus stayed and did his duty. Our Savior was doing his Father's business. God sent his own Son to rescue us from our sins of coveting and all other sins. Instead of sacrificing others for his own desire, Jesus, who was without sin, sacrificed himself, his popularity, his own life, because he thought about you and me and our need of salvation. Jesus did not forget about you and me in order to lessen his suffering. For you see, there could be no happiness and no forgiveness apart from the cross. He shed his holy, innocent blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And his resurrection from the dead means that all of us, everyone who trusts in him, will receive the happiness of life in God's kingdom. Christ has forgiven your sins so that you can live with joy in his presence both now and forever. So now, as Luther also writes in explanation of the Tenth Commandment, here consider your own situation according to the Ten Commandments. Whether you are a father, mother, son, daughter, employer, employee, whether you've been disobedient, dishonest, lazy, whether you've injured anyone by word or deed, whether you have stolen, neglected, wasting anything, or done any harm. These ten commandments show us how God would have us live as his redeemed people. God's people in the Old Testament were to be noticed for their obedience and their dedication to the one true God. In the same way, God's people today participate in God's mission to the world by letting our light shine in the dark 
so that others may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, now and forever. Amen.